ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to episode 339 of the Chamberlain Chance Dogs Podcast. My name is Chamberlain, and I am proud to announce the second coming of horror games. Woo! With Sony and Capcom having things to say. We'll talk about that later. Not scary at all. Alex is here. I Well, you know, hopefully. Come kind of scary, like Chance is here, <laughs> Especially if I you play against him I have troubling excitements about the human condition. Well, I... That's just truth-telling at that point. I mean, yeah, but that not... doesn't mean it's not terrifying. Uh, Behold video the games. ravages of age. <laughs> I've been playing Overwatch, too. Did you guys watch that Zarya video? I did. Yeah. Where, like, the last half of it is just me laughing. <laughs> well, you're, like, 25, move a lot 26. faster now, or is that just me? No, I was getting... My brother was on Lucio. He was speed-boosting me back to play. Ah, uh, okay. Uh, yeah, so uh, I, I always just flex when I play Overwatch 2. I never just go DPS... That's why I have no Tracer plays of the game. I've played, like, probably five Tracer games since Overwatch 2 came out. And I, I am pretty solid on her, and we do tend to win, but I haven't got any plays of the games on her yet. I've got tons on Zenyatta, and I've got, every time I play Zarya, like, I could play three games on Zarya, and I'll have two plays of the game. Okay. Um, I, I, I didn't put together a video of it, but I had a game yesterday, or yesterday or the day before, I think it was the day before yesterday on Zarya, where uh, we're doing the new push map type. And I'm really just rolling these fools. Um, I've gotten really good at Zarya of, like, the tank gets really confident and aggressive and tries to push up into my team. And I immediately just walk right past the tank and melt their healers. Just destroy them. And the the the, the healers cannot escape. And uh, we've lost Chamberlain, but he muted himself, I think. Uh, okay. <clears throat> hopefully he did not lose back. me. I'm still here. I was okay. just muted. Yeah, the uh, and I just I just totally destroy their healers, and so I basically just beat the crap out of this enemy team this entire game. And when you're on a tank in Overwatch 2, you can do it, because you're basically playing two heroes at once. You're playing the DPS of a DPS, and the, uh, the, the survivability of an Overwatch tank plus 50%. Like, it's really hard to kill you, and you deal a ridiculous amount of damage when you're playing a tank in Overwatch 2. Um, so at the end of the game, the play of the game was me walking up to their spawn doors, which you're not really supposed to do. That's a real, like, that's a really dangerous position to be in, and it's a real kind of ego move to do, that we can do this and you can do nothing about it. But I was there. We got the payload, like, right there, and the guys were coming out. That was the place to be to intercept them. So I walk up to the spawn doors just as the Zenyatta is coming out. I'm already high charge. I don't need to use a bubble. So uh, I just burn the Zenyatta down while he's still inside the enemy spawn. <laughs> he can't he can't run away to the healing area of the spawn fast enough to stop. And then uh, the soldier, I see the soldier coming out. But I, I just kind of walk away around the other side of the door and I reload my gun, swing around into the doorway. The soldier fires his rockets into me, but I bubble. So his damage increases the damage that I deal, and then I kill him. And then I walk backwards and I see the I see the Orisa coming out and the Orisa is just trucking towards me and I can see her do the animation to to throw her javelin into me which is going to throw me back into my team and she throws the javelin and I bubble. So the javelin does no damage and at this point the Orisa stops playing. <laughs> like she just, she just doesn't gave up. she doesn't move, she doesn't shoot anymore, she just lets me burn her down and then I turn back to my team and we win the match. It feels awesome and they're nerfing Zarya and I feel sad about it. Aww. But at but least it, you got to be Michael Myers for a good bit there. I totally did, and it kind of weirds me out that Zarya is as effective and powerful as she is because she's the only tank that basically got almost no changes from Overwatch 1. If anything, 
her uh, her cooldown cycle was kind of nerfed. Because in Overwatch 1, you had a bubble that you could use on yourself with a 10-second cooldown, and a bubble that you could use on allies with an 8-second cooldown, I think is what it was. So basically, I can use two bubbles right now, and in 10 seconds, I will have two bubbles. In Overwatch 2, if I use two bubbles right now, in 10 seconds, I'll have another bubble. <laughs> and 10 seconds after that, I'll get the second bubble back. So really, in that, in that effect... She was kind of nerfed in terms of her cooldown, so what you have to do to make it seem like you always have a bubble to the enemy team is you use a bubble, wait about seven seconds until the timer is about to pop up for your second bubble, use a bubble. And then that timer pops, now you've got another one in the chamber. And if an emergency occurs, you have another bubble to fire out. Uh, it's, it's made it more managing her cooldowns more interesting to me, and I really fucking enjoy it. Um, the act of playing Overwatch 2 is wonderful. The sense of rewards you get for filling up XP bars and shit is practically non-existent. My, uh, brother, is, my brother is really pissed off. You have no real... Like, incentive. In, yeah, see, in Darkest Dungeon 2, for example, you get all yeah. these candles, and you can spend them on the shit that you want. In Overwatch 2, there are no fucking candles. <laughs> and even if there were, there'd be one candle. <laughs> and maybe if you play the game another thousand hours you'll have enough to buy one upgrade for one of your heroes, Alex. It's, and it's it, not the one you want. <laughs> yeah, like it's, it's really, that aspect of it is really distressing, and I'm really wondering what I'm going to do when I run out of gold from the Watchpoint pack to buy future battle passes. I don't know that I'm going to keep buying the battle passes. Is I'd be really going... proud of you if you stopped. I don't know that I will, though. <laughs> is that I, This is how I feel about Diablo. Oh, there you go. Is that lack of progression going to hurt like long-term playability or is the gameplay itself enough that without the carrot you'll keep playing well it's like it's like overwatch 2 is built on the assumption that the gameplay is enough but even then like when you were playing overwatch 1 um you were you were earning this gold that you could spend on a skin of your choosing um in overwatch 2 you're you're not really earning any currency that you can ever use in a meaningful way, or if you can use it, you can use it like twice a year to what? buy one thing. Jesus, that's yeah. how slowly you earn it. Yeah, what it is is uh, there's 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 daily challenges which give big XP boosts, which burn you through the battle pass. And me and my brother are like two thirds of the way through the battle pass now, and it's still got another fifty days to go. Oh. Well, once you get once you get to the highest level of the battle pass, you start earning um, titles. There's no more, like, skins and shit to earn. There's just titles to earn. So I guess that's something more than nothing. But anyway, um, there's daily challenges for XP for the Battle Pass. There are weekly challenges. And if you beat three of the weekly challenges, you get 30 gold. If you beat, uh, like, eight of them, you get another 20 gold. So that's 50. And if you beat 11 of them, you get another 10 gold for 60. So yeah. I, ap I appreciate that the lower tiers are the most gold. Because I'm never going to get 60 a week, ever. But what that also means is it's going to take me 20 weeks Oof. to earn enough gold to buy one skin or one season of the Battle Pass. It's really awful. It's really, really... And when I say one skin, it better be a cheap skin. Because most of the skins are 2,000, not 1,000. <laughs> it's really, really bad. It's really bad. I mean, it... That when you say the house always wins, it's supposed to be a little bit of a surprise. Yeah, no, there is no there is no feel of control over it in Overwatch 2. It's it's like, here's a bunch of crap that you really don't want. And the only thing in the Battle Pass that I have wanted is Tracer got a new highlight intro. It's neat. I like it. 
but there's a lot of other skins that I'm that I would I would totally spend my legacy credits on, but I can't. You can you can only buy it with like the gold or which you can very easily buy for real real world money. Oh yes, throw cash at it, it'll be fine. Yes, and so every time you see someone wearing one of these uh, uh, skins that you can only get by buying, it's like, well, you're not going to be a problem at all. <laughs> <laughs> you're not playing this game for the right reasons. That's an interesting giveaway. That they, that you can tell by skin that, oh, this guy's... He spent money on that. <laughs> yeah, but, but time was, if someone had done that, it meant that they actually cared about the character. Like, if you see a Reinhardt wearing the Space Marine skin, that means they went out and paid 50 bucks for the uh, for the the BlizzCon digital pass. Oof. And that Reinhardt was always a beast, usually. Like, it really was. But in Overwatch 2, you meet people, or you, you see Genji's already having the, uh, this, like, I don't know what even what the new Genji skin is, what the tier is even called. Um, but those Genjis are just another Genji. <laughs> like, they're really, they're really not. They paid so, all this money to look good on somebody else's highlight reel. Yeah, and it, and it, the thing about that Genji skin is it doesn't just look cool, it sounds cool. It runs all of his lines through, like, a voice modulator, so he sounds badass and awesome. Yeah. And when he throws shurikens, they glow. It looks really cool. Hey. I hate to say it. And and I shudder to think of what they're going to do to Tracer when she gets a skin like that. Um, but yeah. So that aspect of it's still very disappointing. But we get games fast. We get games fast all the time. And 50% or 30% of the time, they kick the fuck out of us and there's nothing we can do. 30% of the time, we kick the fuck out of them and there's nothing we can do. And the other 30%, um, it's not a bad fight. <laughs> it's a good fight. <laughs> Is it using, like, skill-based matchmaking at all, or is it just kind of trying to cobble together teams and um, go? No, the idea is the text in the game says, like, for quick play, for example, jump in uh, to games against other players of your skill. That's fucking bullshit. Because when, when I have one of those games where I am really popping off 100% of the time, it's because these guys just aren't anywhere near as good as me, period, and they can't fight back. I kill them before they know what's going on. Uh, and when I, we suffer it the other way, we are clearly fighting against someone who's like high diamond or masters and is just way more technically proficient at the game than I am. And there's nothing I can do. It's like, you know, sitting on top of a child and hitting them. I don't, <laughs> like, like, there's, there's really... Um, so the matchmaking really sucks. There was an example the other day in a stream where someone was like, I can't be in a game with you guys. You're all grandmasters, and I'm in plat. And the streamer's like, You're this, there's no way this dude is in plat. And he opens up the guy's career profile, and he goes, Blizzard, what the fuck are you doing? <laughs> and what they're doing is giving you matches very quickly, so you're not sitting in queues for 15 minutes waiting for a super even matchup. And that's nice that we're not spending all that time in queues. For me, my brother hates it. But, but for, for me, that's nice that we get games quickly, but um, matches are consistently inconsistent. But I'm still well, having fun. At least there's consistent about one thing. Uh, their desire because for my the money. Inconsistency, yes. Yeah, yeah, it's consistently inconsistent. That's what I said. Mm-hmm. But I phrased it better. I said consistently sure. inconsistent. My word smithery remains strong. Ooh, ooh. Wordsmithery. Um, what is uh, what has Chamberlain been playing? Oh, uh, a couple of things. So, so Scorn came out finally. Wait, wasn't there an RPG that you hadn't finished? Um, 
No, I finished that. Oh, okay. No, okay. no, I was, okay. I was just kind of waiting for Scorn to come out. Scorn okay. came out. Scorn is the. It's been. It was announced a long time ago. It's first person. I found out it's the, literally the a first, game. Yeah, yeah first person Geiger puzzle game. game that looks like it's a refugee from aliens. Um, and at first blush, that's exactly what it is. Everything looks very wet. Everything's fleshy. It's super detailed and very gross the way you do things. But there is no direction. It's like boom, here you are. Walk forward. Okay. So you walk forward and it's gross but you don't know what's going on. And then I got into a very large room with like a chair in the middle and stuff. I'm like, okay, clearly that's something I need to figure out here. I walk around the room for like five minutes. I would sit in that chair and see what happens. Uh, you couldn't. Oh. <laughs> but you mean you, you around the area, there's like a track and you can go up into a, a, a higher ground and look down at the track and see there's different like, like railroad tracks move around. So it becomes clear that you have to get something from some, one place to another place. But you don't know what that thing is. And I spent like literally five, ten minutes just walking in circles in this area trying to figure out what I'm supposed to do. Then I realized, oh, there's an elevator over here that I missed. So I go into the elevator and I run into a puzzle that is in almost no way integrated in the environment. It's like, oh, wait, game stops. Here's a stupid puzzle. So is this like a separate screen that pops up? No, or? no, it's, it's the same screen. But but like with, with a good puzzle in a game like this feels Part, feels like it's part of the environment, right? I mean, as 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 rudimentary as a lot of Resident Evil puzzles are, oh, at least it okay. feels like it's like you move the statue's arm or you turn Ooh. the clock things to do stuff, right? It feels like it's part of what's happening in the world. This one, like, oh, now I'm looking at this, like, these globs that have to move around for no particular reason, and, and then you don't know what the end goal is, and... After like ten minutes of fucking around to try to find out what's going on, I literally gave up. Oof. I played Agony for longer than I played Scorn, and Agony was a terrible game. You, you, yeah, I remember you saying when you walked past the when you when you said you didn't notice the uh, the elevator was like just the level design just wasn't conducive to kind of. Leave it was. The I mean, it was a circular area, and I kept looking to the right, and it was to the left. I mean, I would have found it eventually. But, but by the time I got to this puzzle, like a crane moving stuff around, it was just, I was just so fed up with it. I'm like, I don't, I don't want to do this. Yes, fine. It looks gooey and gross and organic, and, but I need something. I need context or something to pull you forward, you know? Something chasing you, something to follow, anything. No, this is like, like a static I, environment. Your, your kingdom for an audio diary. Yeah, exactly. I mean, just, just something. So um, I, I I wanted to get into it and I couldn't. Seventy one percent on Metacritic, which isn't bad I, for a horror game. No, it's not. And 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 people's opinions are it seems very polarized. People are like, oh, I love this, or and people are like, well, this is just puzzles. It's dumb. So it's I landed it's, on the I hated it side. I mean, like I feel like if they sold it as horror mist, they would have had a better shot. Yeah, that's, and that's kind not, of what it is. That's not what it was represented as in any of those trailers, or no. certainly not to me. Um, how is the sound design? Okay, I mean it sounds squishy. It's not. It's no Dead Space. I mean it's not. I mean, and I think not enough happened. Again, I'm alone in this environment. Yes, everything's fleshy and squishy and, and gooey, but there was nothing else there. Does it say why you're in the environment? Do you have any idea no. why you're there? Oh. No, you fall in a hole, and you wake up and now you're doing this. So wait, do do you fall in a hole from like you're walking down a street or you're walking in the forest and you fall? No, down a you're, hole? you're walking in another alien area and you fall oh. in this other alien area. No, so no, it's sure. not. I mean, I mean, again, Agony was a terrible game, but at least it's clear what's happening. You are in hell trying to get out. There, motivation. 
Whereas this is like it. You mean I wonder what's going painting. on? Yeah. So mm-hmm. I, it just it annoyed me. Um, okay. Thumbs so down then, score. yeah, thumbs down on that one. Uh, I'm going to describe the game's like plot and an inciting incident, and I want you guys to tell me what kind of game this is. Okay. Okay. You play as you you are a young girl, youngish girl, probably seventeen, eighteen. JRPG. Um, yep. and it is late 1800s, early 1900s, Russia. Plague Tale. No. No? Aw. Late 1800s, early 1900s, Russia. Oh, Your shit. parents are dead, and you have been raised by your grandfather. Your grandfather's been pressuring you for a long time to join the family business. You don't want to join the family business. So uh, you get married. You get married, and to, then you, this man is a good man. You love him, but two days after you get married, he kills himself. Yeah. You don't know why. So you return to your grandfather... And say, yes, grandfather, I will now join the family business. The family business is witchcraft. Oh, this is that potion shop game? Nope. And you are you are now intent okay, to you know what? basically try to retrieve your husband's soul because he was buried outside the churchyard, which which in Slavic myth means you go right to hell. I'm going this back is, to JRPG. Uh, this, is, this is a good setup. This is Black Book. It is basically Slay the Spire, but... Not randomly generated. Huh. Slay the Spire with a story. So it's cards. I am into this. Now, I have some very important caveats. One, this is a Russian game. Mm -hmm. You may not want your money going to these developers. I did not do any research, but it is a Russian game. To say that it is quaint looking is, is selling it short. It's kind of an ugly game. Not as bad as Slay the Spire, but... Visuals is not what they're trying to do. Is it is fun to play a Slate Spire? Um, yes and no. Okay. Because it is not a roguelike, you do get to continually build your deck and tune your deck the way you want it to be. So the way it works in this one is you have the Black Book, which is like literally has from 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 Revelation. It's it's one of the seals. There are seven seals on it. You have to open. I think this presentation is nice. Which it's not bad. I mean, it's it's it, it very cel shaded, very stylish. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, I like that. So you've got the black book, and, and the way it works is you buy different words, and each of your turns you build a spell. There are two different kinds of words. There's normal words and keywords. You can usually have three regular words and one keyword on the end. So you use those to build a spell that is both attack and defense properties or, or status effects or whatever, and you hit your attack and your spell goes off. And then you have, the opponent does the same thing. And you've got to go back and forth until you win. Okay. And and there are items to use and 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 and, and I, I mean items to equip and items to use. It's it's very RPG ish. There, there's also dialogue choices and things happening. It, it's it's deceptively deep. And because you can buy and buy um, spell parts or words and change them out at any given point, it doesn't feel too bad to experiment with the words that are in your deck. Um. <laughs> The voice acting is entirely by people whose native language is not English. Mm. Okay. They're all Russian speakers who are speaking English, which makes it kind of funny sometimes, actually. Like speaking like London no, English you, accents? Yes, you're speaking with English. It's, it's very Russian, heavy Russian accents, but it's it's people who I'm not even sure if they know the words they're saying. That's like they're speaking phonetically. Hey, look, <laughs> it's it's a fantasy <laughs> dialect. Yeah, yeah, it is. It is. There's a lot of Russian or it's Slavic words Slavic. in there that it doesn't always explain, like the different names of demons and things like that. So mm. it's, it sounds it's, nice. It's, no, it is. It's a lot of fun, and I was I was enjoying it because it feels very episodic. I'm like, kind of hyped. You you start at your grandfather's house, and 
you have you have to deal with your chorts. You have you have four, three or four chorts who live in your in your pester or a little a little jar in your house. And part of the price of having being able to, to use a black book and have witchcraft is you've got these three or four demons following around that you need need to give them things to do. And the things that they want to do give you sins. You have a sin counter because of course you do. You have the choice. You can either send them out to do terrible things. If you don't, they will pester you. Okay. The more sins you have, it affects your dialogue choices. So you have to deal with that. Then you're waiting at your grandfather's house, and people come in to make requests. Like there's a knock on the door, and a person walks in and says, Hey, my chickens are running around. I don't know what's going on. Can you check this out? Because you are the local witch now. And you go and help them out, and it spirals off. Sometimes there's a knock on the door, and a demon walks in. <laughs> And says, hey, I've got a problem. Can you help me? You're kind of an equal opportunity witch. Um, so that part works really, really well. Yeah, that sounds kind of awesome. Go on. It's, 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 the episodic nature is that you, that you do a series of quests and you kind of move down a map and then you finish. The next day you start at your grandfather's house. It's a great place to save. It took about 20 minutes, but it's not randomly generated. It's, it's, it's linear stuff. Mm-hmm. And it was all going great until this morning I ran into a literally unwinnable fight with what I have equipped. Oh. <laughs> So it's it's because I don't have an item to remove a buff that the enemy has. And the most recent autosave is the beginning of that fight. So I should be able to go back to the beginning of that day and kind of like, now that I know what I need, I should so be able to kind you of can fix that. it? I should be able to fix it, yeah. <clears throat> yeah, I should be able to go back to it. It saves like two or three autosaves. If I go back to one or two more, I can either avoid the fight or buy the thing that I need. Uh, so, se- 75 on Metacritic. The highest score is 88. Alex, it is 50% off on Steam right now for about 10 mm. bucks. Yeah, like, Black Book, is, it's not expensive. It's in a lot of holiday sales. Sounds like a good Steam Deck. Yeah. yeah it's, it's real enjoyable. I was quite surprised by it. It's also, though, long. It's like 40 or 50 hours, apparently. Yeah, that's, that's only oh, yeah, a it's... downside to you. That's true. Some people enjoy a game that that's a that's a meaty game. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, okay, I, would you would you compare it favorably to a SteamWorld Quest, which I enjoyed? <sighs> SteamWorld Quest is better. Mm, um, that was because, some good. That was some good poker shit. Yeah, because I mean, this one you do have. Okay, using SteamWorld Quest, you have suits. You have black magic and white magic, and there are cards that get better depending on how many other cards of the same color are in your current spell. So you can stack attack cards that get better with the more black cards are in your spell, but you're not defending at that point. So there's kind of a trade-off in there. Hmm. So there is some of that in there. It's not as, as deep as it was in SteamWorld Quest with like literally playing poker with that. But it's still pretty good. Yeah, it sounds pretty good. It sounds pretty good. You, you end up with one of the first real bosses you fight is a a, a, a house a house demon. I can't remember uh, Su, Sudeiko. I can't remember the name of it, but it's basically a, a house demon or a house ghost that got bored and possessed a girl. And you're like, you need to go out and save this girl. So the demon pops out of the the girl's mouth. That's awesome. And you can, you can only hit him at specific times. So you beat him, and he's like, wait 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 wait, don't kill me. I'll come and live at your place. And you're like, yeah, fuck it. I don't have a familiar. So now this guy, this cat, lives at your house, and, and he is one of your partners. You can actually have a second member of your party that comes out with you, and they have skills on a timer in battle, so like, like the cat gives you defense. Cool. So, so it, it's, it's a really cool, niche title. Yeah. I like it. I like it a lot. I just, I just hope I'm not at a roadblock here, because I don't want to start over completely. I don't I... hope I can just go back to the start of the day. 
Yeah, like it's even if I don't like that, I'll bounce back into Unscription, and that also sounds like a good time. There you go. Um, I also did start Plague Tale Requiem, and it is very good. I keep hearing that. Yeah. Oh, it is. I mean, people talking about uh, 30 frames, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it runs at 30 FPS. It's fine. It's fine. Is it gorgeous? Just, it looks yes, gorgeous. This is not a heavy action game. The stealth is brutal because um, one of the themes in this one early is on. Is it like instant is, fail stealth or like you're instant Yeah, no, it's instant. Killed. I mean, instant fail. And if, oh, no, if they see you, you can run. But if you're seen, you might as well restart the last checkpoint because the the guards team up on you and you're like a 16-year-old girl. What are you going to do? Uh, early on, you get, not, not you, Amicia is the character's name, is basically going mad because of all the awful things that have been happening with the rats and her brother and also from the first game. So she gets kind of trapped in a, in a barn with uh, another character and they have a chance to escape. And she's like, no, I'm killing them all. And so she just starts killing soldiers as they come in. And, and, and instead of leaving, gets captured. So this is, part of this is, yeah, you're dealing with the little kid who can summon the rats. But the other part is Amicia is going mad because she cannot deal with just this awfulness. This Because you're constantly surrounded by bodies. There's these rats that your your brother can control. She can't take it. So... There's an, it's an interesting little twist to what's going on. There was just a plot twist last night that made no sense. I'm not sure I understand it. I have to mm. look it up and see what's going on. But it's it, it looks really good. The rats look really good. I got to the point where the, the little kid can control the rats, and that's a lot of fun because you just take the swarm and eat soldiers. It's a great-looking game. I mean, it's it didn't it, it did change enough from the first one that it's not it doesn't feel the same again. And the first one was really good, too. I remember you liked it. I did. It was it was it was really good. It it just it felt different enough from all the other kind of stealthy. I mean, it, it's it's still a very linear narrative kind of game. It's telling a story. The story is bleak <laughs> because these rats are destroying cities because there's so many of them now. So it, it's it's definitely. Now, I, I like what they're definitely. doing. Like organized religion. Now we're going to talk about cults. It, it is, and, and, and you're trying to figure out, because it seems like everybody wants to take advantage of, of the boy, because mm-hmm. he has the macula, and part of the macula is he can control the rats, but people want to control the kid because the kid can control the rats. But if you like poke and prod the kid too much, he goes into convulsions and can, no longer, can, can, and can no longer control the rats, and now you have tidal waves of rats destroying the cities. So it's... So the, my question is, how do we smack the brat out of him? It's obviously his fault. Well, no, it's he's having visions of a place where he can be healed. So I don't I think some things happen that are kind of heartbreaking. I'm not going to spoil because the game came out two days ago. Uh, but Damn. it's it's definitely it's 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 heavy thematically, but it also looks really good. I mean, it's gory in the right ways, not like just blatant. It's just yeah, the, the way it handles. Water that's kind of thick with corpses and blood is just like, but it looks like Like it's viscous. That would look, yeah, it's like kind of thick around you when you're moving through it. Yeah, it's it's good. It's really good. Hmm. I'm quite pleased with it so far. I mean, I've done like six or seven hours in two days because I'm like, I need to play this a lot. It's good stuff. You're having a good gaming week. I am between Black Book and and Plague Tale Requiem. I'm having a good time. I was as well. 
What do you got? What do you mean? What else? do I got going on? I mean that I am basically at the end of Psychonauts 2 again, and I'm finding I like it a lot better the second time. Hmm. I know where it stops. I know what it doesn't explain as well. I'm picking up on the villain for Psychonauts 3. <laughs> He's just, he, They sit him right in front of your nose pretty well. I like it. Um, he's he's basically one of the founding members of the Psychonauts is Henry Kissinger. And they're pretty, <laughs> yeah, it's great. It's fucking great. Um, and he just Who has still ju- alive, by the way. Yeah, no, and he has just enough new in this game, but you never go inside his head. And he's just he wants to talk to the prisoner first, and it's just all ah. It's good stuff. Um, it handles uh, social anxiety better than I've seen any creative medium try. Uh, the way they uh, explore alcoholism is quietly heartbreaking. Like it's one of those kid taking care of their mother situations. Hmm. Bleak shit. Done well with adorable animation and fantastic writing and voice acting, and it's a pretty fun collectathon. I haven't overexerted myself this time, and I've basically gotten ninety eight percent of all the shit. Wow. Okay. And I've had a good time. It's still a beautiful full price. Game. Still full price. Yeah, I uh, <laughs> I still can't quite recommend full price, but I still love it to pieces. And I keep enjoy, looking. You will enjoy the shit out of it once it's about half that. Yeah. Um, also trucking through uh, Final Fantasy XII again, which I now realize is just more of a audiobook delivery system <laughs> <laughs> than anything else. Like well, the I game just plays look, itself, so I mean it, it does kind of play itself, but it's beautiful when it does play itself. And in this version, you can hold down a trigger, and the camera kind of zooms in, and the animation has aged magnificently. I don't think they completely overrid it for the Zodiac edition. It's still it's still a beautiful game, just in terms of texture work, and on a handheld. Oh, on a handheld. Remember it? Yeah. Well, on a 720p screen, all of the uglies would look a lot less ugly. Again, perfect place for any for the PS2, PS3 era to live is a Steam Deck. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, uh, Darkest Dungeon Two. It what? Me. It got me good. Oh, I love these candles. I love what they do. Yeah. I like being able to get more money at the beginning. That's a huge help. It's huge, and it it makes it so as you fail, it's okay. You know. Yeah. Have you have you done a run where you tried to take the mountain yet? Oh, absolutely not. I haven't beaten the second area. Oh, okay. No, I'm still I'm still grinding shit out. And you would you were telling me like the best use of that is just more money at the beginning. Yeah. More yeah, yeah. initial stuff, like yeah. even over character abilities, which look pretty spicy. Um the the okay, you you need to unlock your your character's uh, abilities by doing those shrines. Right. Though though oh, plague grenade. Ugh. Yeah, well, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. Play grenade is massive, and um, um, but spending the can- you spend the candles on just like all these kind of little buffs for the heroes, <laughs> like you know a ten percent uh, death blow resist or a or a ten percent stress resist or whatever. Well, you know, yeah. Whatever if your breaking gets pulled to the front, he does like seventy five percent more damage. Love it. Yes, and uh, yes. Go on. Sorry. Go on. Go on. Um, that's uh, yeah. Like uh, you were saying that. Um. Oh no, I had a question. What What are your two upgrades? What do you What What, what skills oh, do you buff? Oh, oh, okay. So, what is your team? Who are your team? Um, I'm doing uh man at arms, brigands, 
Jester, uh, Plague Doctor. When you say Brigand, I assume you mean um, Highwayman. Highwayman, excuse me. Okay. Now, I think um, Duelist Advance for the Highwayman is a strong choice. But what I would recommend is if you have uh, Retribution for the Man-at-Arms, that's the one to go Mm. for. That puts uh, two Taunts on the Man-at-Arms, two two Reposts on the Man-at-Arms, and once it's upgraded, two Armors on the Man-at-Arms. Oh, boy. Yes. That's going to suck up a lot of health. That's right. Uh, Well... No, it's not because now you got two armors. Like a lot of a lot of damage. Excuse it's, me. It's going to suck up a lot of attention from the enemy team. That's not going to go into the rest of your team. Now, the only risk with that is the man at arms could be getting stressed out from all those attacks. Oh yeah, but that's what the gesture's for. Which is why the second point goes into the gesture's stress heal. Yeah. Um, just having that at three makes a big, big difference. Uh, the difference uh, between, uh, like, the lower yeah. you can keep your team stressed, the more positive interactions they'll have with each other, and anytime you get an option to have something on the wagon that increases positive banter or decreases negative banter, take it. Yep, that seems to be the biggest hits. Yes. And as long as you can get those positive relationships going, your team will start kicking all kinds of ass. Um, but yeah, no. Uh, what, what, what... Is there any biome you would avoid? No. Um, I'm curious about the sluice, though, because I'm not sure if going for a run down the sluice actually takes up a you you have three regions you have to get to before the mountain uh-huh. um i'm not sure if the sleuth sluice counts as a region i think like you could do the first region um then do the sluice and then i think you might still have two regions to go but i haven't tested it um what you want to avoid depends on who your team is what their um, what their perks and negative, um, negative, what are they called? Uh, uh, quirks. Their negative quirks, quirks are. Yeah. Their negative quirks are. So like if someone, you know, gets, always gets plus stress fighting fisher folk, well, maybe just don't go fight, maybe just don't go to the shore. <laughs> That's good. Um, but what I tend to worry about is what the rewards are. If I'm early in the game and the rewards for the next area are two mastery points, I'm going for that one because mastery, yeah, that's points pretty are, spicy. mastery points are your power. Um, once I'm feeling very confident, if the reward is candles, I'm going to try to do candles. But that said, if the reward is one candle and the task is clean out the lair. Uh, that ain't worth it. Yeah. Um, like, okay, wait, what, at what point do you feel confident doing a lair? Is it the um, first level or the second? You can You can do all three if you want. Oh, wow. um, yeah, uh, they, they become more just like everything in the level or in the areas becomes more difficult the, further, the closer you get to the mountain. Um, so the first area is going to be easier than everything after it. The boss in that first area will be easier. Um, what you need to consider before fighting a boss is what team you have and what this boss requires. The only boss I think you really need to consider your gear for or your spec for is um, uh, the one the baby. No, no, no. The baby, no. you just you just beat the shit out of him, and, uh, <laughs> and just all you got to do is put bleeds and dots on the baby, um, and you your team was constantly getting hit with these debuffs that make them want to move forward, and then if they can get to the first row, you are forced to eat some of the rotten meat that's around the baby, and that debuffs your health for this fight. So let it happen. All you worry about is beating the shit out of that baby, and then you get plus 100% or plus 50% hit points, I think, and minus 50% death blow resist. 
Um, so that's a, that could be a challenge, but with all those hit points, it becomes really hard to kill you and your heals do way much, way more because heals always go off percentage of hit points. They don't do flat numbers. Yeah. And do you like the medicinal herb upgrade? Um, what do you mean? Like the one, like if he just holds a medicinal herb, it does like 50% more healing. Well, that's a, <clears throat> that's a relic. That's a trinket. That's, trinket, one, that's yeah. one of the trinkets. If you can get that trinket for him, absolutely. Mm-hmm. If you can get one of the trinkets that uh, that increases his, um, that makes him not, that makes his plague damage not be resisted very easily. Uh, oh, that's yeah, that's yeah. a big one to go for. If you can, get I one got of those that one. On, that was that was very nice. Yes, if you can get one of those on the jester, that's a big one. I had one. I don't remember what it was, but it like increased dots by fifty percent. It was absolutely massive. I was doing like single strikes with the jester for ten bleed on people. It was incredible. It was um, incredible. Thoughts on the cultist fights? What what what, what do you focus on first there? Oh, um, the first the first enemies you want to focus are first of all any enemy that has a stress attack. Clean that up yep. first. Yep, the teeny dudes. The second enemy you want to focus on, or like for the cultist fights, for example, are those goddamn little babies who debuff you. Yes. <laughs> yes. And those little heal slimes. Oh yeah, the, the the heal slime first. I always go for because they just make the entire fight last longer. So yeah, fuck if, that. if it's a bunch of cult, if it's like those those two sword ladies up front, a heal slime and a baby in the back, I do the heal slime first and the baby. Uh, the important this thing must to be know, fascinating conversation. To anyone who hasn't played this game, the important thing to know when fighting the cultists is if you have something on you like the caltrops, mm. uh, that weapon. If you can throw out a weapon like that, that has a chance to hit every enemy in the row. It will eat one of every dodge token on every enemy. Hey, now. And just throwing that out, it doesn't matter if it hits or not. It eats the dodge tokens. Now you can hit them. It's huge. Yeah, those sword ladies, they're a little too, a little too shifty. Yes, so constantly be putting those attack, those combat items on your character to, to just, just burn through them. Yeah. And, and it makes everything easier. When are you going to use them? Exactly. And then when you get to an inn or you have an opportunity to hit a hoarder, if there's any items that hoarder sells that that have a chance to improve the um, the relationship of party members, spend your like money on that Like cards and ship. stuff? Yes. Uh, my first priority is the is the lantern. So you can increase of course. The, the light. Figured that one out myself. Which increases positive banter and keeps stress low. Then I worry about relationships and relationships are key. You gotta keep your team together. You gotta keep them happy. Well, if you lose someone, is it worth carrying on? No. No, just wipe it. No, unless it's like the last fight. If okay. You're, if you're on the last fight of a region and you lose three people, fine. Um, and then you get to the inn and then you cash in all those candles. But you lose those mastery points, am I right? Um. Yeah, you you lose the mastery points, but you're not going to continue playing the game. Like just no. just cash in the candles at the end and get out. Um, once you once you do make it to the mountain, it's worth noting. As right, you yeah. as you progress through the world, you earn candles from hitting certain spots or doing certain tasks. But that usually only amounts to like maybe two or three candles per region. But in the background, you're accomplishing all these tasks. And those tasks that you accomplish in the background and all the candles you earn from those are like forty. By the end of the three regions, as opposed to six. If yep. you um, cash in mid-region in the third region, you get those six candles in your inventory. If you cash in at the inn, you get those 40 from all the tasks you've done. So if you can get to the inn, you want to. But once you get to the third or the final inn, and the next thing to do is the mountain, no matter what happens on the mountain, you will get all your candles. 
if you die. Hmm. So there's no reason not to take on the mountain. Unless you just don't want to bother with it, which sometimes I do. I mean, when are they going to add the other four chapters? I, I, I don't know or care. Like, this is an insane amount of... This is a really cool amount of content. It uh, is. Um, and just the gameplay itself is is fun enough. And that said, I haven't been playing it at all this week. I've been feeling... Oh, yeah, you got Overwatch 2. Yeah, I got Overwatch 2. And then once I'm done Overwatch 2 lately, I'm tired as fuck. Yeah, this isn't a game you can play kind of sleepy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No, I can't. I'm just trying to get to bed earlier. I, I respect that. I'm trying to be healthier. Not Me too. It's not working out. I recommend a stationary bike in a Steam Deck. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying I wish I was living in one million merits, but I would not hate that job. What's one million merits? Like the one where like they're, <laughs> they're biking and watching vi- and playing video games. I have no idea what you're talking about. It's, it's like a, the first um, season of um Black Mirror. Black Mirror. Oh yeah, yeah. I never saw it. Never saw it. It's good stuff. I've actually seen that one. Yeah. You know what I did see two weeks ago and forgot to bring up on the podcast because mm. it is that forgettable. Uh-oh. If you have Amazon Prime, you can go watch Morpheus right now. Nah. And I did. Um, is it Morbin time? And do you remember like last week I was talking about Spontaneous and Spell. Now those were interesting movies. Mm-hmm. Morbius is not. Um, Jared Leto is you know he's got screen presence kind of but the the story meanders um it nothing in it really feels important at all it feels very much like that last fucking um um venom movie oh um yeah like it really Let is there be carnage. it really is as meh and like i hate to use this uh this youthful term it's very mid it's not even just, no, it's not even mid. It's bad. It's not good. It's not good. Everything they said about that movie is true. And yet Sony re-released it in the theaters because people were talking about it. Yeah, it's like Sony, missing Sony, the, the entire message. Yeah, Sony understands when people talk a lot about on Twitter about that fucking movie, but Bloodborne can be trending for the last five years. And they don't do shit with it. Oh, they, they don't did. know what they want. They didn't do shit. Somebody did something. Somebody got fired, probably. I don't know. I saw that tweet that said someone got fired at Sony today or on the PR team. And I'm like, I don't know if someone got fired, but that was definitely They weren't supposed to do that. Yeah, they didn't. That's a pretty high-level trolling, though. It really is. It really was. We'll get to it. (laughs) It's disappointing on many levels. Have have you watched anything awesome on the streamers this week, Alex? I have. Um, The... This is the first post-major heist episode of Andor, and I was not expecting a goddamn thing, and it blew me away. Is that show still um, going? It's still fucking going. How many episodes? And it's only halfway done oh. for the first season. Oh. Like, it's like, we did the daring heist, and we stole the payroll money, and now, fuck, now what? Now, we have to, now we're on the run for the rest of our lives. Oh, shit. Hmm. And it's good. And, yeah, you, remember, you saw Rogue One. I did. You like that fun Alan Tudyk robot? Yes, yeah. Yeah. I, mm. They don't do it as well? No, that robot comes back and he's... He's a, he's a bad cop. Oh. Uh-oh. And it, they, they, they make some hay out of it. And it's not as cringy as that sounds. Hmm. If you, they, they handle like police just basically make, putting you in an impossible situation, asking you leading questions, that sort of thing, just to make their job easier it's just 
You don't see that shit coming. Star you Wars expect... has always been political, listener. Don't listen. To it's always been political. Now it's objectively about fascist bureaucracy. The 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 bloody spy work that goes into running a resistance. It's it's good. It's Rogue One, the show, and it's somehow better than I ever dared hope it would be. Here's what bothers me about Andor is Andor's first two episodes, I think, didn't yeah, they're not good. Me, didn't make me want to continue watching it, and ever they're since, not good. I've heard nothing but wonderful things about Andor. Fooled <laughs> <laughs> you, like Alex okay, is the only one he, saying this shit. Listener, everyone look, on Twitter says this shit. Once he gets to the Rebel group, shit starts cooking, like real, really good. You know, the patient was and has ended this week. I do need something new to check out. Was it how, how did it end? Was it I, good? I loved it. I fucking okay, loved it. I'm, I'm hyped for season two. I assume there's going to be a season two. Because <laughs> this shit ain't I, I resolved. Don't, I, I have no idea. Maybe maybe it wasn't the last episode. Domo Gleason's incredible. I love that dude. He is, and um, the funny guy. Come on. Oh 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 oh. Forty year old guy. Steve Carell. Steve Carell is very strong in it. He's doing yeah. like you know he's doing the. Um, the uh, the Robin Williams on his yeah. meds performance and, and it's really really good. If uh, I, if I may, their son was a little piece of shit. Um, broke her mom's heart. Like he went like the super conservative uh, Jewish church. Yeah, yeah. But um, but part of the arc of the series is the dad understanding that um that he might have pushed his kid away a little bit and some of the um some of the blame for that relationship does rest on him. Yeah, but it's also just like I can't, I can't, I can't believe you would do something so cruel to your mother. Like yeah. join a church where she couldn't even sing in. Like I I I mm. I feel like there's I feel like there was some middle ground he could have reached. I don't know. No, I, I agree. I'm still, I'm still thinking about that. That's, son, it's a good show. The son definitely doesn't come across as a nice dude. Uh-uh. Uh, Any hoozle. Oh, apparently there's another episode. Of. Oh, no, it is. Hey, it, it, only, yeah. is it, only, it is only 10 episodes, through, so that was the season finale. Okay. No more of the patient for me. Oh, dear. Uh, but you did see the werewolf. Uh, yes, werewolf by night. That was fun. That was fun. I mean, uh, the and, Ted the Ted scene was really good. Yes, and it does end a little too like upbeat and marvelly. A little too upbeat and marvelly, but a uh, really good before. villain death. Yeah, but and so yeah, so fun just the whole way through. Just two t- three tight twenty minute acts. So much fun. Hmm. And I think is it this weekend we're getting Wendell and Wild. Yes. That's the twenty fifth that comes out. And apparently Pinocchio is some hot shit. I'm going to do that. No, Guillermo's What? To- Guillermo's Pinocchio is supposed Yay. to be fucking awesome. It's, a, it's, yeah, it's Italian fascist Pinocchio. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm not kidding. Like, like um, October what's his 21st. name? Mussolini's in it. Wendell and Wilde is tomorrow, October 21st. Yeah. Oh, sorry. PG-13, if you can believe it. So, yeah, there's some good stop motion shit coming. I don't mm-hmm. know if Wendell and Wilde is actually stop motion. It looks a little CG. It is. It is stop motion. Yeah, they didn't even remove the uh, lines in the faces. Awesome! So they didn't they didn't give it like the the corpse bride, uh, no digital treatment afterwards. That's cool. No. I like that. Yeah. Hmm. Even Coraline did that. Yeah. Which is due for a rewatch, I think. A lot of things are due for rewatch. I want my brother has been watching Haunting of Hill House lately. 
Okay. And Does that hold up to review? No, like the thing is, I, I never saw that one. I watched Bly Manor and then um, and then Midnight Mass. So I watched it when really, he was at his peak. <laughs> yeah, I really liked Midnight Mass. I didn't see, oh, Midnight. Well, okay. In, in it's slow high, as hell. In but hindsight, I like we love Midnight Mass. What you got to remember about Midnight Mass, listeners, if you haven't seen it, is those first eight episodes are important. You need to watch them, and they're boring compared so to those boring. last two episodes. Are fucking orgasmic. Which is speed with vampires, basically. Yep. It is. It just it just plows forward with constant payoff, and is super uh, one of the best protagonist switches I've ever seen. I don't care. It's been it's been over a year. If people are gonna watch you it. You can spoil it now. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's a good thing to go back and watch. Um, oh yeah, and then uh, this past weekend I watched uh, the second last and final episode of Rings of Power on Amazon Prime. Mm-hmm. Oh, so wait, wait, is it done now? Are they all out now? Well, for the season, yeah. Like, for, for the for, season, for yeah. This year, yeah, yeah. yeah it's, it's done. Okay. Um, okay. And now yeah, I can finally just absolutely wonderful. I had a conversation with a with a fellow nerd over email this week about it. And um, and his position is he loves, he absolutely loves, loves the Lord of the Rings movies and has a ton of affection for them. And he's not sure that this would be successful at all were it not for Peter Jackson's movies. He thinks if this came out first, people would dismiss it. And I'm like, you're absolutely wrong. I think you're absolutely wrong. All of these characters are very endearing. Unlike House of Dragons! Oh yeah, you would you... actually give a shit if, some, if one of these characters died. You really, really would. I I care so deeply about these five different blonde weirdos. <laughs> <laughs> two of them are named Aegon. What the fuck? Why would you name two of them Aegon? <laughs> it's it's like a sick joke. Like it really you'll is. watch anything, you fucking pigs. Here's your slot. Yes. Well, no. I think the point of of House of the Dragon is that you know power corrupts absolutely, and all these people are terrible. And it's like watching a train wreck where you know this, whatever's about to happen is going to be horrible, but it's kind of hard to look away. So let's see this horrible shit. That's, that's House of the Dragon. Rings of Power is a wonderful, fantastical, romantic, uh, high adventure with, with wonderful, uh, not, not merely archetypical, but both archetypical and, um, empathetic heroes that you can connect with this galadriel is fucking awesome she is angry and i love her um this uh the the elf guy or this elrond is all like he's he is um he is totally earnest and honest and has this has this constant little smirk on him that you you want to hate him at first but you can't because he really does mean it. like he, he wants to help um his best friend is this dwarf guy and the arc of their relationship, I love the relationship of the uh, Durin, the the Dwarven prince, and Durin's wife. I fucking love um, the Nori, the, the Harfoot, like the pre-Hobbit people. Is has this little speech, and I think it's either the last or the second Wait, whoa, last whoa, episode. Whoa, whoa. What's a what's a pre-Hobbit? It's the hobbits before they founded the Shire. Oh, okay. They call themselves the Harfeet, and I thought they, we were talking about like Crow Magnum. No, 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 no. They, they call themselves... Knuckle-dragging hobbits. They call no. themselves yeah. the Harfeet, and they're nomadic. They're constantly traveling in these wagons that they that they haul behind them. They haven't settled on a home yet. Uh, and Nori is this particularly headstrong young Harfoot woman, and um, and she is the one who discovers, like, there's a, there's a star in the sky in the first episode, and that star crash lands near where the Harfoots have set camp. And there's this pit that's on fire, like a meteor has just crashed. And in the middle of it is a naked man. A human. 
a giant to them. And Cal-L, some call him. And she, yeah. goes, and she goes up to him, and her friend is like, get the fuck away, that thing's gonna fucking kill you. She's like, no, no, he could use our help. And he goes down there, and all the flames are, like, sucked up into the man's body. Who is this man? He's clearly it's very Gandalf. It's gotta be Sauron. You, you don't know, you don't know. But, uh, but over the first season, you're con- people are popping up, and you're constantly like, is that Sauron? Is that Sauron? Is this guy Gandalf? He's wearing a robe like Gandalf. And I made some predictions like halfway through the season and I was right and then right again and I am so proud of myself. I'm not going to spoil it for the listener. But that final episode was very edifying for me. Um, I absolutely fucking love Rings of Power and I think if Rings of Power had come out before Peter Jackson's trilogy, people would have loved it and then gone to Peter Jackson's trilogy and said, wow, this is really slow and self-indulgent. It's really beautiful like the Amazon series, but... There's a lot of really slow-paced scenes in this. Um, And Rings of Power does not suffer that. There are kind of slow plot lines where with with the Harfoots and the Giant, um, they kind of tread the same territory of the relationship repeatedly, and I'm looking forward to whatever the turn of this is going to be. I want the next plot point in this. Um, There's also... Oh, God... Galadriel goes to like this island nation that has sworn off ever helping the elves again, and that takes some time to pay off, and that's a little slow paced. But overall, when it starts to pay off, just like Midnight Mass, it pays off big. And anyway, Nori has this little speech that she gives in like, it's either the last or the second last episode. She's the Harfoot girl. And she's like, I understand now that I'm just, that I'm just one small person in this world. And I won't, I won't ever do anything grand. I'm just a small little person. That's all I'll ever be. And I'm like finding myself tearing up because I'm like, oh my God, Nori, you're about to go on the awesomest fucking adventure ever. <laughs> like it's going to be, oh, it's so good. I fucking love Rings. I, I hate Amazon as a company. I fucking love Rings of Power, man. So there are eight episodes. Yeah. At roughly an hour each. That's eight hours. Still less <laughs> than the original trilogy's director's cuts collectively. Huh. That's very funny. Because those all movies are three hours long each. The director's cuts. Okay, and if you if you need like a Helm's it's nine Deep, hours. if you need a Helm's Deep every two hours in this, you're not going to get it. Um, oh, that, that's a problem. Well, no, it wasn't for me. It wasn't for me. I fucking loved it. I absolutely loved it. I'm, I'm absolutely loving the adventures of young Galadriel. I am in this for the next 42 episodes. I can't okay, sure. Is, is there a Helm's Deep... Uh, there absolutely is. There's uh, there's okay. there's there's two of them. Neither of them are quite that size, but you, you it's shown much more intimate, and there is no shit like uh, uh, Legolas, like you know, shooting CGI elephants or shit like that. There's, oh, well, it, it never, that wasn't Helm's Deep. It never feels like, but it was one of them. <laughs> it, it, it wasn't Helm's Deep. Was the good battle? <laughs> it, it never feels like that. It feels it feels intimate and uh, intimate and dark. And, and violent like Helm's Deep. It really does, when when violence happens in this, it can be absolutely devastating. And when something big happens in this, it is colossal and visually spectacular in a way that House of Dragons repeatedly is not. <laughs> it, it, it continues to be House of Drawing Rooms. <laughs> to me, it's just House of Incest. Like, go fuck your own game. Yeah, what it's just like... Yeah. Why are we just glossing I've... over that? We're not, and like, there's been a lot of incest jokes in 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 fucking Rick and Morty lately, and I feel like I don't mind the incest jokes in Rick and Morty because at least some of them were good. It's constantly pointed out as something to be avoided. 
Yeah. And, and House of the Dragon is like, yeah, man, this happens. And I know I, that I feel like they're trying to make fetch happen, if that makes any sense. A little bit. I feel, uh, but that's how I feel about uh, House of the Dragon. That's not how I feel about Rick and Morty. Rick and Morty is conscious of the fact that an incest baby in outer space is I, a I, I did watch thing. the force. I've watched the Force Cookie episode again. It was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. <laughs> no, like they're all, the, the new season is Jer- Jerry, Jerry, you have exactly 10 seconds to stop freaking out about this. <laughs> Yeah, and, and again, the point of that episode is avoiding the incest. Yep. <laughs> Jerry is terrified that this fortune cookie tells him he's going to fuck his mom. <laughs> I, think we've, I think we've discussed this. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but again, Jerry avoids it. The future queen of Westeros does not. <laughs> no, she does not. <laughs> and, and, yeah. You get, like, really subtle metaphors like a blind king. Like, he literally loses his eyes. Oh, yeah. Or one. Oh, sorry, he loses one of his eyes. One of them. He, yeah. uh, I like that it was pointed out that he really did look like a front software boss by the end of it. Yeah, he does. He absolutely did. I, I think that wasn't intentional. I don't think they give a shit about From. Oh, you're, well, you're saying because... I, you're George saying Arbor. nobody on the design crew gives a shit about From? Uh, no, I don't think they do. I, I would be surprised if hmm. they didn't play it. Well, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Gamers are everywhere. There's a lot gamers. of people who played Elden Ring. Yeah, okay, fair enough. Gamers are everywhere. It's possible. I agree that it's possible. So, uh... Does that mean it's time for headlines? I think it is. I think so. Headlines. <coughs> In entertainment news, Wendell and Wilde is currently sitting at 95 on Rotten Tomatoes. Yows. Comes out tomorrow. Oof. It turns out, using... Oh, wait. This is last week's. Those are last week's headlines. Headlines. In entertainment news. I saw that. I don't know what that means. I didn't even read that email. Netflix is trialing a new approach in Latin America where they charge account holders for having people outside their household who use their account. So account sharing, basically, they're cracking down on. This will be rolled out globally in 2023. Each name under the Who's Watching screen will cost extra if they're found not to be living with you. Oof. Uh, charges are expected to be around three bucks per month per extra user, which is way less than a second account. Time to brush up on your VPN so you uh-huh. hide your IP addresses. Because um, that's how they're going. That's how they have to track this. Well, I'm not gonna. You know, um, I don't know if it's okay to talk about it. It's probably okay to talk about it. My my uh, my dad had Netflix. And my older brother had his account for years, like also got into his account for years. Doesn't live in, doesn't live with my family at all. Um, and so when dad passed, I took over the account and I just never, you know, I'm not going to go to my brother and say, fuck you. Yeah. And yeah. so, you know, we just kept on having Netflix. And if I got to pay an extra three bucks a month for my brother to keep having Netflix, I got no problem with that. I got no problem with that. No, it's not an unreasonable amount. No, if it it's, was, it's, it's, if, if it was like, if they were charging me double, it'd be Chris. Sorry, man. Yeah, yeah. you're done. Sorry, yeah. you're up. <laughs> yeah, I got no problem with that. Uh, CD Projekt said this week there are no plans for a second season of the Edge Runners anime, but didn't rule out quote something completely different in the same type of media in the future. So if they do another anime, it'll be like a whole new plot. As far as they're concerned, and <laughs> the Edge Runner story is done. Yeah, I saw how Edge Runners ends. Ends. You can't really do any more of that. No, you just you just don't do anything with. You David. follow Adam. Sm- you, what, you follow Adam Smasher at that what, point. Are what do you all mean? the characters did at the end of Edge Runners. 
I know that I know that the the, the short chick dies, and David dies. Do they also kill Lucy? Because she was really one of the stars as well. I thought I thought that Adam Smasher like burns her off, and she tries to hack him, and he's like, "Nope," and uh, and like sends it back at her. Damn. I may have mis I may have misunderstood that, but it looked to me like like he toasted her. This sounds like watching a traumatic event that I'm glad I missed. <laughs> a black lady sketch show has begun production for season four, adding three new cast members: Tamara Jade from The Voice season nineteen, uh, Angel Lakita Moore from A Typical, and Damaya Gurley, which sounds like a made up name. I've never it heard does. of any of these people, um, but I had never heard of Ashley Nicole Black before watching the show, so maybe I'll I'll know about them next year. Ashley Nicole Black will not return for the upcoming fourth season, and this probably means she has something pretty cool cooking in her own fire. Probably. She's a winner. Uh, The Rock's Black Adam has debuted with 48% on Rotten Tomatoes. It looks boring as hell. Dwayne. I keep on seeing reviews that some of the action is really inspired, so I'll watch it just for those scenes where, like, Superman punches a guy through a building. I like seeing that. That is fun. But I'm going into it with, like, you know, Morbius-level expectations. <laughs> yeah, I know. It, it's fun to see The Rock in something other than, you know, jungle fatigues. Yeah. Uh, the movie had to go through multiple edits to change its original R rating to a PG-13, and I would say... So just say, give us the R rating. Give Come us on. the R rating, because that's what made... Like, I've been saying for a while now that Marvel succeeds best when it breaks its own template of style. What the best Marvel shit from the past year has been um, a She-Hulk... And World by Night. And those are two completely, tonally different series from anything else Marvel has ever done. And they were huge successes. Do this with DC, and you'll have another success. Uh, Alex, did you enjoy... They're afraid of that R rating. (laughs) Yeah, the R rating rating really limits your market. Um, Did you enjoy that sweet, sweet James Corden tea this week, Alex? That's some sweet, sweet James Corden tea. I love seeing people who treat waitstaff like shit get theirs. Yes, uh, so basically, uh, it, it was kind of uh, James Corden, and what's weird is I've always heard that James Corden's a piece of shit, but I'd never heard why. I've never heard an example. Like, it's always been like he's not Oh, no, no, no. I knew about that plane story for a year or two. Okay, so that plane story is real. I, I, I've i seen that exact tweet like four, three or four years ago. I'm like, wow, what a piece of shit. Yeah, okay, so... The, like, the, he makes his wife take care of this baby this entire flight while he's got like like uh headphones the, 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 and a sleep mask on the plane story is this um these people are these people are sitting on a plane james corden is in first class with an empty seat next to him yep. a woman comes up uh carrying a baby and she is directed to place the baby in the seat next to james corden and james corden looks at the baby puts his headphones on and <sighs> just quietly turns away and goes to sleep for the rest of the flight at the end of the flight, um, the woman comes, collects her baby, and is struggling to collect her baggage or luggage from the overhead bin. And she turns to James and goes, could you please just help for a minute? She was his wife. That was his baby. Uh, incredible. Yes. Uh, and the stories that came out this week are basically like he will find a reason to be a dick to waitstaff and just be like a nuclear monster. and talk Until about he how, gets uh, yeah, until he free gets, drinks. Like, a bunch of free drinks and shit. Like, so it was really nice to to always have a sense that maybe this guy's a dick and have someone go, yeah, he is. <laughs> like, really is. I hate Jimmy Fallon. I think he's one of the luckiest people in show business, and I don't really know why he still has a career. But nobody talks this kind of shit about him. Mm-hmm. And I guess I respect that. Apparently, the nicest guy is actually Conan. 
Conan, Conan and Ian McGregor, it sounds like. Conan will take time to talk to every single person who wants to talk to him into a restaurant and never gives anyone attitude at all. I saw a tweet from a woman who um, who left, who was like his assistant or something for a while, or like a writer's assistant. She was someone very, very small at his show. And then she left to pursue something else. And Conan took it upon himself to call the guy she was applying with. Oh, shit. And talk her up. I'm, oh, wow. Like, yeah, Conan is like that, that, legit yeah. super nice. That, that, that's career-changing stuff he didn't have to do. I always liked Conan. Uh, yeah. The best tweet this week <laughs> was the truth about killing vampires. And I just, I wanted, I decided I wanted to recite or to explain this tweet on the podcast. It's a video from an old uh, Chinese-looking movie. And this vampire is chasing a guy through a graveyard or something. And the, gra- and the guy, vampire knocks him to the ground. And the guy turns away and, uh, and holds up some garlic. And the vampire slaps the garlic out of the guy's hand. So the guy holds up, holds up a Bible. The, guy slap- the vampire slaps the Bible out of the guy's hand. He holds up a crucifix. The vampire slaps the crucifix out of the guy's hand. And with no other options, the guy pulls out a gun. The vampire yeah. puts. The vampire looks terrified. Puts up his hands. He pulls the trigger, and green blood goes flying everywhere. The vampire goes bleh. <laughs> I like that. That was the funniest shit I've ever seen. I like that. In Overwatch news, Kariko is now available to play in competitive modes. Uh, the Overwatch meal has arrived at selected McDonald's locations in Australia, giving fans the opportunity to unlock Lightning Tracer. Whoa! Shit. So you go to McDonald's and get this very specific meal, and what you unlock is, like, if Overwatch skins go from one for the shittiest to five for the best, this is a tier two skin from, like, four Mm. years ago. That when it came out, everyone was arguing over whether or not it looks terrible or not. And the people who say it looked terrible, I'm not saying they're wrong. It's probably one of her weaker skins, easily. So that's really shitty. Uh, Overwatch's Halloween Terror event will return on October 25th. They've shown skins for uh, Junker Queen and Kiriko so far, but given that those skins aren't in the Battle Pass, I think you can expect to pay cash money for them with no other options. <sighs> Bastion, Torbjorn, and Junkertown will also return on the 25th, according to reports. All those So Bastion's just been gone this entire time? Uh, Bastion's been yep. completely gone. Torbjorn has been gone from competitive, but you can still play him in quick play for some reason. Um, the first two times match XP uh, weekend is this weekend, from October 21st to 24th. The next is the following week, and there will be another November 24th to 28th. A leak suggests that the following balance changes are in the pipe for Overwatch 2. Zarya's bubble will last 2 seconds instead of 2.5, and the cooldown will go up to 11 seconds per bubble instead of 10. I'm not sure she needs it, although she is very strong and I'm doing very well with her. <laughs> uh, Diva's weapon spread increased uh, from three point uh, has been decreased from th- from three point seven five to three point five. No, sorry, it's been the spread has increased from a tight three point five to a larger three point seven five, and booster damage has been decreased from twenty five to fifteen. Um, but that doesn't address what the problem with Diva is. It's not the damage she deals. It's the uh, it's her survivability. Her matrix just lasts forever. Um, it's really hard to kill her. Uh, Sombra's hack will lock out abilities for 1.5 seconds instead of 1.75, which doesn't sound like much, but is. Uh, hacked enemies can't be hacked again until the full 8 second duration ends, and the damage increase she gets against hacked targets has been reduced from 40% to 25%. So that Ouch. is a huge nerf to, to Sombra. Um, she's not that oppressive at my level. Um, 
I think that damage decrease might be a bit much. Um, what what Sombra and Overwatch 2 has been able to do, unlike almost any previous iteration of Sombra, is she can gank people. Because she can show up uh, invisible behind you, hack you while invisible, and then for the next 8 seconds she has a massive damage increase over you. And you've got all your abilities after that initial 1.75 seconds, so you can like blink away as Tracer, you can bubble yourself as Zarya, so on and so forth. Um, but that 40% damage increase will allow her to often win those duels, and if it looks like she's going to lose, she just, you know, blinks away with her translocator. Um, so I think this might really put a stop to Zarya being able to, or sorry, to Sombra being able to one-on-one -on -one people as easily as she has. We'll see. I don't, I think it might be too much. What I don't think is enough is the nerf to Genji. <clears throat> is it ever? Genji and Tracer kind of exist within the same niche. They are highly mobile assassin type heroes. Uh, even before Overwatch, Over, Overwatch 2 launched, uh, Tracer's damage was decreased from 240 damage per clip down to 200. You almost can't one-clip anyone, people anymore. You have to get a perfect clip on someone to kill them with a single clip on Tracer now. Genji was completely untouched between Overwatch 1 and Overwatch 2. He is an absolute fucking monster. In Overwatch 2 and if you want to bring him down to Tracer's level you're gonna to have to do a lot more than this and this is what they're planning his max ammo will be reduced from 30 to 24 and the damage of his shurikens will be reduced from 29 each to 27 that's not nearly far enough if you wanted to bring him in line with what you did to Tracer you'd have to bring it down to like 25 per shuriken have you considered playing Genji um, I've played... A he would rather die, sir. I've, here's the thing. I've played a little Genji, and I've actually had successes on Genji. And sometimes I'll do it just to piss my brother off, because he, he thinks I suck at Genji. But I'm actually not terrible at Genji. Um, yeah. I'm, just, I'm just a lot more confident and consistent on Tracer. So you have I, more self-respect than to play too much Genji. Okay. No, no. Genji, you can say it the way it no, is. No, no. Genji, Genji is not considered... Uh, a low-skill hero. Like, Genji is not Bastion. You really gotta know what you're doing on Genji. You have to have, um, uh, you have to have the aim skills to make his, like, what Genji shurikens actually do is relatively low damage. If you really want You wanna, have to have headshots. You yeah. have to have headshots, and in order to land those headshots with a Genji, you have to be, like, right on top of the enemy to go flick and get three in a person's head at once. To actually do the sick damage that a Genji can do, you have to be—you have to have incredible aim to really take advantage of Genji. Um, but a lot of but people. But they took away turret mode. Bastion isn't easy mode anymore. Come on. Yeah, and he's still got a turret. In well, he—it's he, not immobile anymore, right? No, but he, he, but he turns into a mobile tank that can move around while shooting his ridiculous Gatling gun. Oh, like okay. the only real nerf to Bastion is that he can't heal himself anymore. And I love that. That is pretty big. Yeah. Uh, in news my brother is pleased about, they have reduced the number of team kills needed for the weekly challenges from 20 to 10, and the daily challenges have been reduced from 3 to 1. Uh, the value of all Overwatch cosmetics, if you were to buy them in Overwatch 2 using real-world money, is $10,226. That is criminal. Yeah. Like legitimately criminal. But if someone offered me $10,226 for all my Overwatch skins, I don't think I'd take it. Because 
There's a lot of time in that. Yeah, there's thing. like I earned all those skins, and the skins that I have from Overwatch One, I, I have them because I wanted to get them. I collected them. Um, so yeah, I don't think I would sell my PSN account. Uh, Overwatch Two sucked in 25 million players in its first 10 days. So maybe that that's is, a lot of fucking people. Yeah, so I don't, I don't, they like looking at menus, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> I don't. I don't think it was a DDoS. <laughs> maybe it was just they didn't expect that many people. They should have. The official Sony account, that's Sony, not PlayStation, tweeted out, which PlayStation game cover are we zooming in on today with the back left part of the Hunter's cap from the cover of Bloodborne? (laughs) So Twitter promptly said, why would you do this to us? We've been begging this for years. uh, Bloodborne is trending 10,000 tweets a day on Twitter every fucking day. Why would you do this? And they deleted the tweet. (laughs) See, that is some level, like like level 100 trolling. That's epic trolling. I, I kind of like it. It's so cruel. I like to think it's a social media manager who doesn't actually play video games, who just <laughs> who just saw that Bloodborne was always trending and thought, I should take advantage of this. And didn't realize that it's always trending because we're so angry that you won't give us a 60 frames patch. Again, same company that put... Morbius back in the theater. Yeah. It's not like we're asking for like a hundred million dollar remake here, guys. That said, I would love a hundred million dollar remake. I mean, hey, as long as we're making demands. The Demon Souls. <laughs> uh, the PlayStation Five version of Gotham Knights is sixty nine on Metacritic, sixty eight on Xbox. Digital These reviews are howling. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but that's not what sixty nine says to me. Like, but the reviews are I, all so negative from what I've seen. But it's just like I. I know when like someone enjoyed parts of a game but can't bring themselves to give it a good review and then there's like reviews where like they just were miserable playing through the entire thing these sound like miserable reviews Uh, Digital Foundry says it has a quote range of technical problems and disappointments on many levels and on top of all that it runs like shit and it looks worse than fucking Arkham Knight I don't know what to say uh, well, I would say this is the team that gave us um, Arkham Origins. I like Arkham Origins. And there you go, Alex. It also was designed for multiplayer, where none of the other Arkham games were. Yeah. Yeah, and but the multiplayer I thought was kind of interesting because you're both running around the city, and you might not even see each other for hours. But enemies will be adjusted to the level of whoever the highest level person in the lobby is, so you'll get your oh, ass kicked if you're low. Yeah, level. that would suck. Yeah. Uh, Devil May Cry 5 has now sold over 6 million copies. It came out March 8th, 2019. That's fine. In in other Metacritic news, Plague Tale is sitting at 83 to 85 between things. Uh, So play Plague Tale instead of of, uh, Gotham Knights. Yeah. (laughs) If you have money to spend on video games. If you have money to spend on video games, yeah. Right now I'm saving it for uh, for God of War. Oh, yeah, that's coming up. Hey, look, I'm glad I don't feel like buying this. I really don't. Gotham Knights or God of War? Yeah, Gotham Knights. I don't want nothing to do with it. Not until it's like half is what it is. Do you think you're going to buy God of War? Absolutely. Okay. I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be really good. Because you don't need it. You got that Steam Deck. Hey, hey, hey! The PS5 is right there. It is right there. I I, I can use both on the bike. It's fine. Yeah, I saw read a thing that uh, the kid who plays Atreus, his voice changed so much over the course of production that they had to digitally modulate it. I like that approach. You know, it's so that's much better than it's, firing him. Personally. Yeah, a lot less crueler. I was about to say. Uh, Hideo Kojima has done a scan of SS Rajamuli, director of RRR. So, as far as I know, like I, we've heard um, rumors about Death Stranding two for a while now, 
Hideo Kojima doing a facial scan of S.S. Rajamuli, director of RRR, to me, confirms Death Stranding 2 is in production. Yeah, you gotta have another Die Hard Man. Uh, no, it was, uh, <laughs> it wasn't Die Hard Man. Hartman? No, that wasn't the name. I don't know, whatever they did. No, with... it, was, it was Die Hard Man. The no. Die Hard Man was the name of Guillermo del Coro's oh, okay, scan, the character. Fair enough. Uh... So yeah, he's going to give him the Del Toro treatment. That's cool. Uh, Uncharted Legacy of Thieves is now available on PC. Apparently it's an excellent port. Hmm. Uh, so I'd never heard of the ball of the foam pit at Twitch being in Yeah, I know. It's some rough week. footage. But yeah, like I saw just There's not, footage I, of I just, this? I just oh, watched yeah. it in a little bit. Of her just crawling video. around on her, on her stomach in pain. Yeah, just and, and so I didn't even get the audio to it. I just watched it and then flicked away. Because if someone like, you know, falls off a skateboard, I'm like, I don't want to see that yeah. shit. So I didn't want to But then watch there's this. like someone yelling like they think they're never going to walk again. Yeah. Okay, so here's the headline, folks. <clears throat> Streamer Adriana Checkit broke her back in two places jumping into a foam pit at TwitchCon, and is currently suffering through an insanely painful recovery. This is some rough pictures. Several streamers and attendees who entered the pit ended up suffering back injuries, severely sprained ankles, and dislocated knees. The pit was reportedly remaining open for a time despite the injuries, though it was later shut down due to both the injuries and because attendees were, quote, breaking rules. Those who were at TwitchCon report that the foam pit itself was extremely shallow, saying that it was, quote, three cubes deep and only went up to one person's knees. For context, one gym supply source suggests foam pit should be at least seven feet deep. None, of, none of the people injured can sue Twitch or TwitchCon, of course, because they had to sign a waiver to attend the central event of their profession. And they were all encouraged to go have fun and jump in the, in the foam pit. Oh, this is... Yeah, I wow, watched. She just she just bounces right off the top. There's like nothing there. Yeah, and I what what I did watch was the video of her trying to stand up on those crutches, and the look God. of agony on this woman's face. Like, they better shut um, that shit down forever. I never want to hear about anyone else jumping into a foam pit at TwitchCon. And well, they just need to make it seven feet deep, like it's supposed to be. And I want to be clear: she was not the first person this happened to. And someone else also broke their back and. Re- Multiple people have been injured in those fucking pits. I don't understand how this isn't a criminal negligence case. But um, because whatever. they signed a waiver. I, mm. It's like it's like you know you got to sign this thing in order to be a boxer in order to fight this boxing fight, right? And if you get injured, waivers are not bulletproof. I mean, okay. There's got to be recourse for when shit like this happens. But I, whatever. I really hope so because if I got to walk on crutches for the rest of my life, or even if I have to spend the next two years in recovery. Um, you can't work? Yeah. I mean, come on. Yeah. Like, that's monstrous. That's so monstrous. And I think Twitch might make enough money to be able to take some responsibility. Build a better foam pit. <laughs> In other headlines, all that Silent Hill news. Woo! <laughs> There's a bunch. There's a bunch of Silent Hill news. And none of it really blew my skirt up. So I mean, it's, 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 it's what you expected in good it ways. It exists I'll, again. I'll read the headlines and then I'll let you guys be excited about it. Number one, a Silent Hill 2 remake from Bloober Team with the original monster designer and music composer Akira Yamioka using an under, un, undefined Unreal Engine. Not sure if it's the new one. Uh, it, it looks great, whatever it is. It, it did, yeah. It will feature an over-the-shoulder camera and modernized gameplay, whatever that means. So, Chamberlain, no tank controls. Uh, well, Bloober Team has made a series of mediocre but competent horror games. Very competent, mediocre. I would say. But competent. Mediocre. None of them are none of them are bad games, 
I yeah. played far worse indie horror games. Let oh, me tell yeah, you. yeah, yeah. So I just go through the rest. I'll get my reaction. Okay, well, no, no. Let's stay on this because the only other game like this that I can think of a team that did a bunch of mediocre games and then joined with a Japanese property to do something spectacular. You know what I'm talking about? Hmm. No. DMC. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. What Team Ninja, like Team Ninja had always had insane visuals and wonderful story presentation and their gameplay always sucked. I'm really Speaking concerned of... about the gameplay aspect of this. The design aspect of this. I If it, if it's just um Sound Hill 2 again, it and if they can just recapture that atmosphere and maybe liven up the combat a little bit, the biggest problem with it was the the actors were not. They yeah. were. I mean, that well, that was I back mean, in the age when I know it's like you wouldn't really expect more than what they gave. What they gave was fine, but no, like I, a couple. I think, like yeah, I, I think no. I, I don't think I think you're being a little hard on Silent Hill too. I'm I being a little hard. If you go back Silent to Silent Hill two and compare it to the voice acting for any other game in that generation at the time, yeah, the people the in time, Silent Hill yeah. two were actually given it a lot more than most people were. Uh, the little girl did a great job. There's a little girl in Silent Hill 2? Yeah. There's a little girl you're chasing. Like, I've only played it once, and I remember almost everything about it still. It's that kind of, of game. Silent I hate that. Games. I hate the prison. I hated being in the prison. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, Silent Hill 2 was the best that series ever got. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, 100%. And so if you're going to yes. remake one of them, that's definitely the one to do. Um, I worry about. Did, did you King? see him touching his own hand in the sink? Holy yes, shit! Yes, I watched. Yeah, it. that looked really good. It like, did. like it actually, his skin moved when he touched it. Like, ah. oh, that, that could be really gross later. With how they looks like there's for. skin on Pyramid Head. I will. Yeah. I will definitely wait for reviews on it. Yeah, of course. It very much. It's going to be like a seven out of ten. It's not going to be a perfect game. But no, because man, that game is old. Yeah, that's the yeah. other thing. Is it's old. So if we're not dealing with a bunch of new design decisions. I could see it being very boring or uh, tedious or uh, it could. Just, just frustrating for modern gamers. You go back and play fucking Resident Evil 1 now. God damn. Oh, no, I don't want to do it's that. Bad. Silent Hill 1, that would fucking suck. Um, so Silent Hill 2, I think, also might be too old to do a one-to-one translation and still be enjoyable. I think you'd have to update it a la Dead You Steps. have to update a lot. Yes. I mean, even, even some of the puzzles. Some of the puzzles in Silent Hill 2 were just ridiculously archaic. Just, Just impossible well, it does say so, modernized gameplay so fingers crossed that's good news that is good that's good, good news yeah but i don't trust bluebird team with gameplay well and you shouldn't would either. you trust Kon- would you trust konami to do it themselves no okay <laughs> no again okay. like it, 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 we're lucky to get this chance yes that's something great it is better than konami trying to do it themselves because what's the last game konami proper actually made metal gear survive Yes. Oh Lord, I'd forgotten about that. Yes, mm-hmm. you were you were meant to. What's the last good game? No, no, no. Just <clears throat> the last the last good game they made. Metal Gear Solid Five. Metal Gear Solid Five or uh, one of the uh, uh, one of the Castlevanias. Those God of War Castlevanias were fun. Uh the God of War Castlevanias were actually were pretty good. I did like those. Uh, they also announced Return to Silent Hill, a new movie from the director of the 2006 movie with Rada Mitchell. I love Rada Mitchell. Saw that. Oh, you didn't, I didn't see that. You didn't see the. You didn't see Oh, when, boy. When, like. Oh, Pyramid Head rips some guy's skin off and throws it at people. Yeah. I saw that. I've seen that part. Yeah. Yeah, that's like. Great. Plus, Rada It's Mitchell. not bad. It's not I bad. Rada Mitchell. Um, <clears throat> Silent Hill Townfall, a collaboration between. Con- okay, let's go back to this. 
God, that name sucks. What is the better... Because uh, I always thought that Silent Hill was actually the best video game adaptation movie I'd ever seen. I feel like there might have been a better one since, but I'm trying to think of it and I can't. What's the hmm. best What's the best video game adaptation movie ever? Uh, it might still be... used to be the answer for this. The best video game movie is... Oh. Um, Live, okay. Die, Repeat. But... Oh, no, no, no. Boss level. First of all, boss level. But um, yeah. um, you're talking about an adaptation of an existing property. Has yeah. any of us seen Uncharted? Because I've heard very good things about Uncharted. I haven't, but I've like, I it. guess maybe the Castlevania anime. Oh yeah, you know, yeah, yeah there it is. Yeah, yeah. Okay, okay, correct, right. correct answer. I obviously. very much enjoyed every season of that. Um, Silent Hill Townfall, which is absolutely a terrible name. Yep. A collaboration between Konami, Annapurna Interactive, which is a, as a publisher, I think, and No Code Studio, which has done um, like two sto- games people like apparently. Yeah, the, like story driven. Um, story. I I I had a cup of coffee with Observation. It wasn't bad, but I didn't like it that well enough to play it very long. Yeah, they've done Observation and Stories Untold. I'd heard okay things about Stories Untold. Um, yeah. Silent Hill Ascension will be a quote live Silent Hill event and a quote, uh, interactive streaming series set uh, set to release. Uh, yeah, that that is some bullshit. <laughs> yeah, that'll probably be super stupid. Yes. Uh, and finally, Silent Hill F. God, what I'm pretty sure is a fully CG trailer. It looks like a Fatal Frame game without the camera. Is this yeah, a problem? Or the ghosts? Um, I don't know. It just no, but it, it doesn't look like a Silent Hill game. Go on. Well, it did when the face fell off at the end for no particular reason. Um, I don't. I mean, it might as well have just been a title card. It tells you nothing, so I'm not gonna. Well, she, not gonna be too worried about that. That girl is specifically not walking through Silent Hill. No, she's not. And then like there's plant things, and then they come up through the bones, and it. Ah, yeah, she's like walking through like a traditional icky. Japanese village or something. It, yeah, it looks yeah. like a new Fatal Frame game without the ghosts. Yep. So, what so out of was, all that, out of out of all that, Silent Hill Two is the best news, and that's the one we already knew about because that had been leaked months ago. But at least Konami's doing the right thing and not trying to develop these things themselves. That's true. I, this is like a, a lot of these. I think were kind of ill advised. I think uh, instead of paying for uh, Silent Hill Townfall to be produced and paying for Silent Hill Ascension to be produced. Uh, or and even the Silent Hill F. Why don't you take all that money and pour it into Silent Hill Two? Hire a hundred additional people to make sure the Silent Hill Two remake is fucking incredible, because this shotgun approach is going to end up with a with a, a series of middling projects. I expect. Mm. See, the movie is almost the, the, if if, did you, if you watch the actual presentation, it sounds like the movie was almost the catalyst for some of these things. Is it sounds like the movie came first? Well, the way you were listening to the director talk about it. Not really. Like the, the guy went to, uh, went to Konami and said, I want to direct another Silent Hill movie. And they're yeah. like, really? And Konami was like, all right, well, there's enough interest we could do in that. that. Maybe we should make a video yeah. game with that weird movie series you like so much. Yeah. So it, it, it sounds like that's the case. Because Return to Silent Hill is it's it's literally it's Silent Hill 2. Well, it's just a change. It make, it, it make a decent movie. There already was yeah. a Silent Hill 2 movie. Okay, but, but it wasn't Silent Hill too. No, but yeah, this is actual Silent Hill too. This is about James being a being a naughty boy. 
Yeah. But they've already introduced Pyramid Head in the movie franchise. And Pyramid it's, Head it's, is it, a, look, is look, a symbolic look, look. presence in the Silent Hill I will story. not beg- I will not begrudge Silent Hill their pinhead. Fair enough. But Pyramid Head was in one game. He didn't so, show up on any of the Silent Hills. And then Halloween was a hit and they made another one. That's a good point. Yeah. That's, that's true. That's true. <clears throat> The Helena Taylor slash Jennifer Hale Hollow Blue. This got this got complicated. Thank God for Jason Schreier for digging up that. Yeah, he's an actual journalist who just happens to cover games. So last week, Helena Taylor came out and said, "We have to boycott uh, Bayonetta two because I've been the voice of Bayonetta for two games, and I went to them, and uh, they offered to pay me four thousand dollars, and that's it to be in Bayonetta 2. And then my reaction to that was, there's no fucking way Jennifer Hale voiced an entire game for $4,000. That was my initial reaction to that. Right. But then Jason Schreier looked into it. Okay, so he saw actual documents that Helena Taylor was offered, uh, in effect, wasn't it like... Uh, it was, was 4000 an hour for like... Thirty hours. No, it was four thousand. No, 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 no. a session for five. A sessions. session for five yes, sessions. That's what yeah. it is. So like yeah. maybe so twenty like grand. Yeah, a, a week's worth of twenty grand for a week's yeah. worth. That's a good paycheck in my book. That's a good paycheck. Um, but she turned around and said, "No, I want a six-figure salary and at least one percent off the back end, which nobody gets. Not even the developer doesn't get. Jennifer Hale doesn't get that anything yeah. off the back end. Jennifer Hale doesn't get anything off the back end. I don't think." Um, uh oh shit. Go ahead. Uh Nolan North gets that. Exactly. Yeah, that's correct. Um and Jennifer Hale, if you know her history, is a very ethical person who is very much about workers' rights and very much about union rights. She would not work scab, she would not do something unethical that harms another artist. So Helena Taylor at the end of the day is now really kind of looking like um, what's the word for it? Uh, well, her persona non grata. Is, yeah. yeah. Her response like she was, lied. oh, they're lying. <laughs> yeah. They're lying. And, so. and Jason Schreier was like, well, here's the documentation. Here's legally actionable documents that say that that's not the case. Yeah. So, um, you know, no, I'm going to say no longer bayoneting or uh, no longer ba- uh, boycotting. No longer Bayonetta boycotting two. Bayonetta 3. Uh, I probably won't play it anyway because, you know, Switch. But... <laughs> <laughs> A, a, a fair statement. But, yes. but at least I don't have any reason to be disappointed with Jennifer Hale. And that's the important thing. <laughs> uh, I so, mean, if it, I've never seen Commander Shepard break my heart like that. I hope she never does. Sony's dual sense. If you want to see voice actors having fun, just check out any videos that the Overwatch voice actors make together. I don't know if I retweeted that one. Did, did they live in like an Olympic village or some I shit? I don't know. <laughs> I saw this. I saw this video this week where Symmetra says something like, "I need healing" into the camera, and then turns to another woman. I think it might be the woman who plays Anna, but the other yeah. woman opens the door, and there's the woman who plays Mercy. And Mercy goes, "Your support has arrived," and then does, and then. That wasn't funny to me, but then she strikes this super serious mug and over-exaggerated struts into the room. And that was hilarious to me. I love these women. I hope they work forever. Uh, Sony's DualSense Edge controller will go for $200 US when it comes to January 26th. And replacement sticks will cost you an extra 20 bucks. Absolutely not. Go to hell. Absolutely. Nope. No thanks. But the thing is, the sticks are what go first. So, and I like yeah. they acknowledge that, but still no. Yeah. Yeah, still no. 
I would I would pay that for a Steam Deck, not for a PS5. <laughs> a new Dead Space remastered video last week made the game look pretty cool. There will be new optional it areas did. to incentivize return to previously cleared sections, new locked doors and loot containers. You'll have the option to cut off the lights or the air supply in certain sections of the ship. Uh, and like you get you have to do one or the other and it completely changes how you play that section. There will be new upgrades for weapons and the in in universe UI is a sweet, sweet 4K. So yeah, that, that video totally hyped me for the remake. I think uh, some uh, Resident Evil 4 stuff just leaked. Yeah, literally right before we went on, there was a Resident Evil 4. That wasn't a leak, that was a live stream. Oh, that was a live stream? Was a live stream. They did a presentation. That was a live stream, there, yeah. There's a new trailer so, you can watch, and there's tons of impression videos of like every And time. there's something that we didn't get from any of the Silent Hill stuff. A date. Oh. oh, I didn't see the date. Resident Evil, it? yes, Resident Evil Four Remake, March twenty fourth of next year. You know what? Oh, twenty three. Ooh, yes, and I am super tempted by that expansion for Resident Evil Eight. Which expansion? With, mm, I'm good. It, no, it comes out like in a week, and it's the main character's daughter. Oh, I thought that was already Don't out. Care. No, no, that that's out in a week. Okay, so why are you hyped for it then? Because it looks really cool. But she's visually it looked great and she's got like psychic powers mm-hmm. I'll wait for reviews on that there's not there's not much that I'm apparently looking. it is even bigger than the original oh my what? it's a bigger oh game than the my. original oh my god if I'm re- if, I, oof, I'm re- if I think I'm reading this right Alex read it to us what wow uh, like just some tweet that's just like the the cabin is the beginning cabin's twice as big. Wonder what that means for the rest of the game. Oh, that's the, that's, that's RE four. That's RE four. Yeah. 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 No. no um, that's incredible, though. I, I was s- expecting maybe like two thirds of the PS two version. I saw a uh, I saw the impressions video the GameSpot put out. That was just the first one that came up on YouTube, and I was looking for it. Mm-hmm. And and yeah, like they've done a bunch of changes to the gameplay. They've done a bunch of changes to like the beats of these action sequences. Uh, you may remember in Resident Evil 4, there's a dog that you can find in a trap and release it from the trap. In Resident Evil 4 Remake, the dog is in the trap and its dead body is being consumed by crows. This, no. like, they're 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 twisting everything just a little. Oh, well, that dog's not coming back to help you later. But the rest nope. of the but the rest of the village sequence apparently was left largely untouched because they understand that this was already pretty awesome. We don't really need to fuck with this. Um, it's one of the greatest sequences in the history of gaming. But uh, on that the- first village. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So this, so this DLC for eight is bigger than the core game. No, he was talking about. Oh. No, no, no. Resident, Resident Evil Four. 4 remake. Oh, okay, okay. Remake is bigger than the original. The DLC for the DLC is not no. bigger. No. That would be something. I, I just think it looks pretty cool. You just like horror. I also games. thought. I mean, the it was other interesting was that the uh, we were talking before we started recording that the. Capcom's presentation was so much more polished than what than Konami did. I That's watch, not surprising. I didn't watch either presentation. I just watched so, the video. So, Capcom, I'm sorry, Konami did this like interview thing where there's like an MC in that, and there was this augmented reality bit where they're obviously in front of a blue screen, but now they're like now they're on this foggy street, so now they're in a basement and stuff like that. It just felt kind of like cheap, cheesy. It didn't look very good. Yeah, cheesy. And then the actual interviews were. I don't know, not very polished. It just it just felt like amateurish almost. Whereas the Capcom one, 
they had the the vendor from Resident Evil Eight, the giant fat guy, was narrating the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Well, I see you're here. I you know, I get to, you know I really want to see this. It was just it just felt like a more polished half an hour of content than what Konami did. Even though there was actually less in the Capcom one, it was the it was uh, the RE4 expansion. Um, they're doing streamable versions of all the most recent REs for Switch, and then RE4, and then there's like the, some mercenaries thing that nobody cares about. Um, it just it, there's less in it, but it just felt it was just a better presentation. So That's all you need, like baby. Better at these things. I think they're much better at these things. Yeah, yeah. Well, Konami doesn't have much experience doing it. <laughs> yeah, they've only been doing this for thirty years. <laughs> Not lately, they haven't. Not lately, no. no I, I bet you their particular presentations are awesome. That would be like if I, I tried to, if I tried to blog again today, it would not be the quality that it was in 2013. I guarantee. Oh God! Yeah. You should just try to write like two paragraphs of what you've been playing lately and see what it looks like. Overwatch fun, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> no, the the don't bl- have ten thousand. If, if I was writing the blog, we'd have a better podcast because I'd have organized my thoughts about whatever I've been playing or watching. That's yeah. what writing does for me. It allows me to organize my thoughts and put them in a way. Yeah, that we do fine. Well, we we do fine because we keep our standards nice and low. We do. <laughs> hey, come on. I put actual effort in editing last week. No, and it paid off. Yeah, it I put is. stuff in I there. To it. it paid yeah. off. <laughs> that was content. It was content. Yes, yeah. It got used. Nothing is on the cutting room floor. No fat. Man, I wasn't I wasn't excited for anything... Um, any shows coming out this week, but now that Wendell and Wild is out tomorrow, ooh. yeah, that sounds fun. Coraline too. <laughs> yeah. We yeah. can't call it that. Yeah. Also, Key and Peele too. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're doing voices. I don't know. Like, I think he's producing. This is the first thing they've done together since Keanu. I didn't like Keanu. I didn't either. I got like a half hour into Keanu, and was like, it didn't get better. Don't worry about it. The Keanu cam, the Keanu Reeves cameo was, oh, was bad. Oh, it was bad. Bad Keanu Reeves cameo. It was really hacky. I rewatched just on just YouTube pop. YouTube was giving me movie scenes yesterday. Yeah. And I actually ended up going and watching one of the movies <laughs> that it gave me a scene from. Ah. It gave me a scene from early in a in a movie called Warrior, where um, who's the guy who played Bane? Oh yeah, Tom. Tom Hardy. Hardy. Tom Hardy steps into a ring. In like an MMA gym, and just puts a beat down on the guy who's supposed to be the best fighter in the in the gym. And I'm like, I need to watch this movie. It's on Netflix. It's called Warrior. It was pretty good. More of a drama. Yeah, he's fine, but very yeah. strong. It's a familial um, drama. And yep. one of the other scenes was just the scene where the Russian mobster explains to his son who John Wick is in the first John Wick. <laughs> yeah, it's a good. Oh, one. that scene is so. The cool. Bobby August speech. That whole scene is fucking incredible, and they try to remake that scene in every subsequent movie. It's never as good. No. That first scene is with a fucking pencil. <laughs> Dad, I could take care of it. No, you will do, do nothing, nothing because you because can you can do nothing. nothing. <laughs> It was great. So yeah, I think the Baba Yaga comes for us. John Wick might be getting a rewatch this weekend. Oh, I love I, the first one's amazing. It is, but I'll I'll still check out the fourth whenever it shows up. Oh, of course, yeah. the, it's, it's always worth one shot. Absolutely. Wasn't Halle Berry in the third one? With yes. The dogs? Yes. Yeah, and really, the, yeah. the sequence with the dogs was probably the best action sequence of. Well, I don't know which is the one where he's like, uh, as a courtesy, I'm not going to pull the knife out or something. That's huh. the second one? That, 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 human Common. Yeah, Yeah, it's the second one. 
Were they doing that subway fight? Yeah, 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 because because Common's killing him because John Wick killed the lady who sits at the high table. Uh-huh. Yeah. And that, and that awesome uh, fight with the shotgun in the underground. Uh-huh. Uh, the opening fight in two is really good, too. Just the first fight in two? Where he's just running. Well, yeah, and all the assassins are after And he, he go through that museum, and he's fighting with, like, these different antique weapons. Oh, yeah. 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 That was the opening anyway. too. They blend, they blend together really bad. They really do blend together real bad. I, I really didn't like that the, the king of all thieves is this, like, um, stereotypical Arab dude living out in the desert. Yeah, that was like... I don't know why... That was very, very video game Yeah, I don't know why that... <laughs> yeah, it was such a fucking video game. Yeah. There's so Morgan Freeman in there, so what are you going to do? <laughs> That's all I got. Ah. That's all I got too. Holy shit! Do you, do you see the time? Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. Oh, there was we went, we went long today. It's time yep. for Overwatch. It is. It all is. right. In that case, Alex, thank you for talking. Of course. Chance, thank you for being here. My pleasure. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We will see you in a week. Get on. <laughs>